0: Hey, welcome. It is eight minutes after the hour. Glad to have you with us. Glad to be with you. And I'm pleased to tell you that Scott Van Kirk is on board with us this morning. He is a firearms trainer. Those are, and, and i got to tell you, I've relied on Scott. Uh, it was getting a little rusty uh, last year, and uh, we went out to Green Valley, and uh, he spent about a half an hour uh, watching me shoot. And I can hear him dismantling a firearm in the background. <laughs> we'll get to
1: uh, that in a minute. Yep,
0: yep. Oh, Pick up the springs, put it back together. Uh, he's also former law enforcement. Dale Roberts is with us, executive director of the CPOA, um, and uh, Chuck Basie, state representative on board. Garson from Graffs in Mexico, Missouri. Garson, there has been an incredible run on firearms and ammunition. How are you guys set at Graffs?
2: Um, we have a little bit of mer- merchandise in stock and available for immediate sale, but most everything we're getting is going to fill back orders
0: um is it is it easier uh if you're doing reloading to get ammo than if you're buying uh you know buying it complete in other words if i
2: you not know, right now
0: it's 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 even tough to get the bullets and 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 yeah. all that
2: every time there's a run on ammo and ammo's no longer readily available everyone's first thought is well i'll just start reloading and there goes all the reloading supplies
0: It is amazing. Um, it, it, you know, you you would think, with all the propaganda, uh, we we told the story about Austin Tang uh, Tong in the first hour, and how he was treated at uh, on his campus, just for showing a photograph of him with his AR-15. Uh, all of the propaganda going on in, in uh, public schools, and that America would would be turning a amendment, but when something happens. Uh, Like, you know, the riots that we're experiencing across the country uh, or COVID-19, where, uh, you know, the the likelihood of increased violence uh, could uh, could end up, uh, you know, knocking on your front door. It's amazing how Americans go out and buy their firearms.
2: Yeah, even liberal uh, couples in St. Louis.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some, in, some interesting developments there. We talked about, uh, we've been keeping everybody up to date on that. Uh, the last development, of course, that we talked about was that uh, apparently uh, Gardner uh, had one of the unusable firearms rebuilt so that it would be usable. Uh, and the law says that, uh, you know, it, if, if it's readily, you know, uh, if it can be readily shot or fired, then then maybe she could make a case. I don't think she could anyway. But this firearm that uh, Mrs. McCloskey was holding was not... Uh, you, you couldn't have fired it. If you had a magazine full of bullets in it, it would not have fired. I, I just think this, uh, this highlights the danger of a George Soros-appointed prosecutor. Oh, I
3: absolutely agree with you, Gary, but I'll still reiterate the, what I said the last time I was on the show, and that is... There's really no reason why they placed themselves in the pos- position that they are in now. And that's, they, they just, there was no training, there was no thought to tactics, um, there was no thought to anything. I mean, I understand that you live in the, you may live in a metropolitan area, whether it be St. Louis or Atlanta or any other number of places in the United States where you may not be able to count on a police response through the administration of those cities and things like that. But you got to be smart and you got to have a plan um, and you certainly don't want to make yourself YouTube and CNN famous by standing out on the deck in your pink polo shirt, waving an AR-15 around.
0: Yeah, Garson, poorly, the first poorly time,
2: waving one around.
0: Poorly waving one around. Yeah. Exactly. Garson <laughs> pointed this out uh, the first time we brought the the uh, the story up. It's made national news. It keeps popping up in the news. That's why we keep uh, updating it. Oh, it's
2: it. a meme now. It's never going away. No, it's yeah. not.
0: <laughs> but, but Garson rightly pointed out, you don't stand right out front there with your firearm. If this ever happens in your neighborhood at your home, uh, you want to stay inside your home. You want to stay where they can't see you. Uh, well, okay. well,
3: and I'll take it to a broader, um, I mean, it, we, can, we can talk specifically about that case, or we can talk it into the broader field where as a, as a reasonable and lawful firearms owner and practitioner of personal protection, ye, there are a hundred different ways that you don't want to do something similar to that. And uh, it has it. it All breaks down
0: into prior preparation and training. No doubt. Um, Before I get too far here, let me see. I've got a question here. This is from the Facebook page Gary on Guns. If I have, I have an AR that I bought at a local gun store. I'd like to buy a second one from an individual and keep the sale hush hush. Any suggestions?
1: Uh,
2: There's you know, no point to that. You, you've got one. You're on the books. Buy them, buy them and do the paperwork and be done with it. This off-the-books gun stuff is stupid, and I don't know why people think that an off-the-books gun is going to save their lives sometime down the road in the future when the blue helmets start marching down our streets.
1: If, yeah. And, Gary, I'll say this. You know, when I was in private practice, I dabbled in intellectual property and I'd have clients come in to me, and say, and they'd pay me good money to ask me this question. I have a trade secret. How do I protect it? Which is basically... <laughs> don't don't yeah, tell anybody. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, I had people come to me and say, I have this, you know, amazing, you know, local restaurant person. I have this amazing recipe for such and such. You know, how do I protect it? And yes, Scott's <laughs> right on. You don't tell, you know... They're they're basically paying me to ask how do I keep a secret. So yeah, I mean you can buy a, you know a firearm that that doesn't require forty four seventy three. We if if that well inquirer is from Missouri, we don't re, you know in quotes register guns in Missouri. And here's
2: the reality of this situation: when they come to take our guns, they're not going to go by forty four seventy three records. They're going to go door to door because they have to because nobody knows who's got what. And there's no way to get them all unless they go door to door. Period. So it doesn't matter if you're on the paper on paper with a gun or not. It's but,
3: well, and and, 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 the, and the and the and quite honestly, this is a sad state to say that you, they would. Ha- well, it actually depends on how you look at it. It would be easier to go door to door than it would be attempt to fought, to attempt to go through all of the 4473 uh, yeah, records ad- in, in existence.
2: The state can barely keep up with my address change as it is. They're not going to do it <laughs> with my 4473s. And no. here's the thing that's even worse. So let's say you buy this gun without paperwork. And now you just bought a stolen gun. Now mm. you're in trouble for possession of stolen property. <laughs> if I buy a gun from somebody I don't know, I'm going to a shop and I'm getting it papered. That way I got a paper trail proving I bought this in a legal way mm-hmm. and you may, not yeah, off it, some it, criminal. It,
1: it,
0: right. You know, like we flip this around uh, the other way, too. If you're going to sell a firearm, uh, and I've done this... Uh, you want to get a Nick's check for the guy who or gal who's buying the gun? As I sit, ac-
2: yeah. If you don't know him, yeah. yeah as
0: I sit across the table,
3: I know Garson well enough that I would personally sell him a firearm. Okay.
0: Um, I know him well too, but I don't think I would. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <it's>, <laughs> let's go from a legal standpoint. Just get a
2: receipt and okay. make sure right. that go, we, go we, refill your vape pen. We would.
3: We would still. We would still go through the receipt process and everything else like that, but. Um there's only a handful or maybe a couple handfuls of people that I would say that about if I don't know you, yeah we're going to you know we're headed down to one of the local shops and we're doing a forty four seventy three that's all yeah. there is to it
0: uh and it's not it's not very expensive, but it may help uh paper cover you.
3: as as Dale sits next to me um and knowing full well as an attorney, a paper trail is everything Amen there yeah.
2: you go well and so the last time I bought a gun off of an individual. We went to, I had to meet me at Modern Arms. At the, have, at, the, at the Brown Station
3: location? At the Brown Station location.
2: So I had to meet me at Modern Arms. Have and <laughs> And um, Larry ended up knowing this guy personally. And Larry vouched for him. Larry vouched for me. And with that handshake, I was comfortable just paying the guy his money and taking the gun and going on about my business. Because Larry knew him. Larry knows me. I trust Larry unequivocally. That was, his word was good enough for me.
3: You both you guys didn't begin to question each other because you both knew Larry.
2: Yep. Yeah. You, know what
0: I mean? you guys are hanging around with the wrong crowd there, I tell you. All right, let me go grab a couple of quick phone calls here. Uh I'm gonna start with Tom. Tom, welcome. Glad to have you on Gary on Guns.
4: Yeah, how y'all doing? I just thought it'd let you know that it's in the democratic platform this time to close all the gun manufacturers. It's it's in there and I tell you, this is a pivotal election. and people don't get out there and vote, we're in real trouble.
0: Yeah, I, in a few minutes, am going to go through uh, Joe Biden's uh, plan to end gun violence. And that's what he calls it. He's released it on his website, and it's a terrifying list. Tom, thank you for the call. Glad to have you on Gary on Guns.
2: Remington seems to be doing that on their own.
0: <laughs> right? <laughs> Colts yeah. following behind him. Uh, yeah, there you go. Uh, let's go to uh, Jim. Welcome. Glad to have you on Gary on Guns.
1: Thank you. Enjoy the program. Just a quick question on the topic you were just speaking. Um, 25, maybe 30 years ago, I, I got a handgun from my son. I don't know where I got it. I, I have no receipt. I had a check that it was not listed as stolen or anything. I mean, this has been years ago. Do I need to go in and register that, or just what do I do?
3: No, no, you you don't. We don't have a registration system at the local level, at the state level, or even actually at the federal level. I would probably... Um, just for my future heirs if you 're going to leave that firearm to some somebody or another, I would probably write up a short paragraph that I stored with my my firearms records that stated where i where I got it um, oh. just down the road so you but if you're you 're free and clear there there 's no retrograde in regards to that i mean we're we sort of talk about going forward when we purchase firearms and what is the best practice but if you got that firearm how many ever years ago or whatever the case may be, and you're comfortable that it's a legal firearm, um, I would simply document that, and the only reason I would be documenting that would be for future heirs, so they can't say, where did Dad get this gun? Yeah. And, they, and they don't have a question in their mind as to where it came from. That's my you answer. Might,
0: you might also consider, if you're not sure, um, going to law enforcement with a serial number and asking them to run it. Uh, yeah, I, did, I did
1: that, and there was no... It was not registered or listed as stolen or anything. So I, I don't know where my son I like said this is 25 years ago at least.
4: I'll
3: bring, up an, I'll bring up an interesting point in regards to that taking to law enforcement and having the serial numbers checked and everything else like that from both sides. One, if you are going to, you need to keep accurate records of your firearms, incredibly accurate records of your firearms for submissions should they be stolen. That's point number one. Point number two, having been a law enforcement officer, the information that goes into the stolen firearms database is garbage in, garbage out. Oh. I've, I have recovered firearms that were stolen within my own jurisdiction where the serial numbers were entered incorrectly. I, I, I made that case based solely on I knew the guy who sold the gun to the gun shop and when it got stolen. And I recovered it, and I'm like, I know this is the gun because I've shot this gun before. It's <laughs> <laughs> got so, my fingerprints on <laughs> right. it. A, it's a good effort, and I encourage you to do it if law enforcement will cooperate and everything else like that. But it's not the end-all, be-all either
1: and okay. one quick footnote to all of this speaking as the attorney, as an attorney um, when you you know referring to leaving this to family in Missouri you can attach a list to your will and ideally you should have Sorry. one and in Sorry. that list you can say i want my son to have this ar with the serial number I want my daughter to have mom's ring. You can dispose of personal right. property, and that keeps the family fights to a minimum. You got the spelling
2: of my name right. right yes, there. I got right. the <laughs> spelling of your name right <laughs> on the
1: list that you says need- don't give anything to
3: Garson. Yeah. Do you need uh, me to read you the serial number on this when you uh, leave it to me, Garson?
2: Uh, yeah, that- I can do that. <laughs> 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 I get here trying to kill us with donuts and won't leave me a gun. <laughs> yeah.
0: All right. Uh, thank you for the call. Glad to have you on Gary on Guns. Uh, if you are gonna leave something to Garson, get the name spelling right. It's G-A-R-Y-N-O-L-A-N. Yes. Uh, that's that's the way. All right, we gotta find out what Garson I feel brought. In.
2: Suddenly hairier. Yeah <laughs> and better looking, uh, no doubt. Swarthy. You
0: suddenly became very swarthy. You're very good looking is what he's become. All right, so we're gonna go grab some phone calls. We're gonna find out what Garson brought into the studio. We got a lot of ground to cover, including Joe Biden's plan to end gun violence, all coming up, Gary on Guns, Hot Talk, 93.9 Eagle. Hey, welcome. It is 26 minutes after the hour, and I'm pleased to tell you, Garson is in from graphs.com, Mexico, Missouri. Uh, it is the one-stop gun shop. I don't care if you're looking for guns, uh, shotguns, rifles, pistols, ammo, targets, uh, it, 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 holsters, uh, it, it, they're the place to go. Uh, State Representative Chuck Basie on board with us, who has been uh, unusually quiet the last several uh, 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 episodes, uh, and I don't understand because he's a politician. It's (laughs) it's just not in their nature uh, to be quiet, but he is with us quietly. Uh, State Representative Chuck Basie, welcome. Uh, Good to be with you. Good to be with you, too. Yeah, I'll bet. And
1: Chuck uh, is a, not a typical politician. He's honest. He tells the truth. He says what he thinks. Um, so, yeah, he doesn't fit the mold in many ways. You know, he's, if he's he, such
0: a if he's such a good politician, why didn't he buy some ad time for what for this gun auction fundraiser that Listen, he's holding? You uh, mean, uh, that, in you in mean Harrisburg. that celebrate the second
3: gun auction fundraiser up in Harrisburg at the end of the month? Is that what you are talking about? Yeah, Greg? yeah, yeah. I wish I would. I wish I was hearing ads about it because um, you know. I barely know
0: anything about it. Do you remember the date on that? It's August 29th. It goes from 530 until 8, and it's, it was uh, going to be then. That was when, okay. Yeah.
1: I'd go if there were food. I wonder, you know. Yeah.
0: I tell uh, you what, if you've never had Chef Jeff
4: before, <laughs> this guy is phenomenal. He uh, He's from a little north of here up in uh, Monroe County, but he, uh, he does a wonderful job. Great food. It's uh, just absolutely delicious.
0: Not that I can mention this on the air, but are you auctioning off a rifle?
4: I am. Uh, it's it's going to be a uh, uh, Smith and Wesson M and P uh, fifteen, and uh, it is uh, it's stenciled with uh, Trump's picture, and uh, uh, it's got the Second Amendment on one side, uh, stenciled or uh, engraved in the the rifle, and it's a very very nice weapon, and got several very nice door prizes as well. I got a CMMG a Resolute. Uh, MK-4, and uh, got a Remington Model 7 Predator bolt-action, and also a Thompson Center Compass uh, uh, bolt-action 6.5 Creedmoor.
0: All this up for grabs uh, August 29th at 5.30 uh, to 8 at the Harrisburg Lions Club. It's a shame nobody's going to hear about that. It does. It it really is,
3: Gary, because it sounds like they've got a little bit for everybody up there at the Harrisburg Lions Club on August 29th from 5 to 8.30. Yeah. I don't know. We yeah. can't talk about it, though, I know. unfortunately. I wish, I, no. I, I wish no. yeah. We Maybe we get him sales number. Yeah, that you know, Brian, at the I'll end of
0: the show, yeah, we'll I'll hook hook, yeah, have somebody sales.
3: call him and, and pester him about that.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, in the meantime, let's go grab some phone calls. John, welcome. Glad to have you on Gary on Guns. How are you?
4: Good morning. I hope you guys are all well. It's
0: uh, interesting
4: shows. Um, I have a question, though, and maybe you guys can answer because this is going to go with uh, someone protecting their house the Castle Doctor. But when we look at the prosecutor in St. Louis, she took something that was non-functioning and made it function. So if someone bought a relic that didn't work and they knew it didn't work, could they then be charged with something as similar as she? I mean, it just seems like she steps so far out of bounds that somebody needs to come in and put her in handcuffs. Yeah, I like your opinion on that.
0: Uh, do, do you guys understand
3: the question? I I do understand his question. Actually, um, he is obviously referring to the couple in in St. Louis and his concerns that he would have a non functioning, um, perhaps a replica firearm or a deactivated firearm of some sort um, that would be used in some manner and then have it be charged, have it have it. Return to a functioning way, and then find yourself charged and anything else like that. And that's a l- longer explanation than what my answer is going to be. What's going on in St. Louis um, with? Yeah, uh, well, you know what? W- with Kim Gardner. Is- All right, go ahead.
0: Go ahead. You got one
3: minute. Um, with what's going on with Kim Gardner? The issues there are deep and legal, and anything to do with deep and legal requires money, money, and lawyers, and more lawyers and more money. Um, your your best option, I will always tell you, is to. Be smart. Uh, use good tactics. Know the law, and get yourself some training—some good, practical training—to um, avoid finding yourself in the position that that couple is
0: in. All right, John. Thank you for the call. Glad to have you on Gary on Guns Carson, Just tell me what the what did what did
2: you bring? Zergut pistol.
0: Zergut. Oh, sounds good. We'll find out more about that next. Gary Uncuns Hot Talk 93, nine The Eagle. Hey, welcome. It is 36 minutes after the hour. Glad to have you with us. Glad to be with you. Garson is in from graphs. Uh, State Representative Chuck Basie is on board. Dale Roberts with us, Executive Director at the CPOA. Uh, I've demoted him. I made him President at the beginning of the program. I don't know why, but I've demoted him back to uh, Executive Director. <laughs> Scott Van Kirk is on board, Firearms uh, Trainer and former Law Enforcement and it's always fun to find a new firearm to play with Uh, and I know that upsets people when I use that kind of language but I think people in the gun industry uh, and and second amendment supporters know what I'm talking about and Garson has brought something in um, and I'm not sure who to go to here Garson probably knows a lot about the firearm but by now Scott Van Kirk knows uh, the tensile strength of the springs um, because that's what he does he just can't keep his fingers off a firearm without disassembling it and seeing what makes it tick but I'll start with Garson anyway. Tell me about this.
2: So I bought a I brought a historical piece in uh, since I didn't know we were going to be in studio today. Um, this came out of my safe, not at a graphs, but it's a HK VP70M, which is the first polymer handgun ever made, um, regardless of what Glock's marketing tells you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think they've since modified that to first commercially successful right polymer handgun. <laughs> Um, but this bad boy uh, came out in nineteen seventy with an eighteen round magazine, um, fixed barrel, um, and it was it was a semi auto variant of a machine gun. Um, so pretty slick little gun. It had a lot of innovative features. Uh the front sight is not um a partridge sight. Um you're looking at a shadow um cast by two Sight towers on either side of what you would actually perceive to be the sight, um, so the thing is super heavy duty, um, and regardless of the lighting conditions, your front sight is always black and easily to, easy to see. Um, so that's that's one of my favorite parts about this gun is that front sight, um, and I'm I'm really surprised no one else has copied this sight. I,
3: I to be honest with you, so it, am it, I.
2: It is heavy duty. It ain't going anywhere, mm. and. Like I said, regardless of the lighting conditions, it, it's always going to be black and sharp.
3: Maybe we want to get in the site business. <laughs> <laughs> we know people. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. Probably do something on that.
3: <laughs> we can do something. Um, right, the VP70, and we. Um, I spent a good amount of time, uh, probably 15 minutes prior to airtime this morning, because Garson came in with this, just totally geeking out of it. Yeah, I'm out sure about you,
0: it. I am sure Cause you I'm did. Because
3: I'm an HK fanboy, and I'm, I freely admit it. And this is just a, a, a as, as Garson said, a historical piece. It's a piece of history. Um, some of the firearms that H&K has been involved in through the years were really just a way to get someplace else. And I consider this kind of one of those weird transitional yeah, pieces. Can we do this? Can we do this? If
2: we can do this, how do we do it? Yeah. yeah.
3: And then they sit down and do it. And then they're like, hey, wow, that worked really well. Let's incorporate some of this these designs. Although the site didn't take and I don't understand that at all. Um Let's incorporate some of these design features into successive generations of firearms. Um, totally geeked out! Um, I actually pulled something about the VP70 out that that Garson didn't know, and that is, is that when Ian Fleming, um, James Bond character, was uh, resurrected in the early '80s by a guy, uh, British author by the name of John Gardner, um, he wrote a book called "License Renewed," and the James Bond in that particular book carried a VP70. Took him away from Walther and brought him into H and
2: I can't wait for that movie to come out. <laughs>
3: <laughs> um, I don't know if he stuck with it in successive books because I think that was the only Gardner book that I wrote. I read. Um, it's a striker-fired system. has a uh, uh, a long uh, has a has a has a decent trigger length, but actual trigger weight on it is actually pretty light. It's a it's a sweet sweet gun, and at some point Garson is going to take me out and let me shoot
2: this. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, the only weird things are since it's a European gun, it's got a heel release. Oh
3: yeah, European mag release.
2: And then it's got a crossbolt safety, which yeah. I think is the only other the which only handgun I know you, that has a crossbolt. It safety. is very strange.
3: <laughs> it's like your Ruger Ten Twenty Two.
2: If you look at the magazine, um, that's an MP Five top end on that magazine. It feeds right to left. It's not a single feed. Mm-hmm. It's a double feed magazine, and um, it's a stout little magazine. It is. Um, the cool thing is, is there's a machine gun version of this. You just put the stock on, and there's a selector on the stock, and this thing can shoot 2,200 rounds per minute. So there's a few <laughs> videos of this on YouTube where it's being fired, and three rounds is just sounds like burnt. Mm-hmm. I mean, it it just cracks them off so fast it's not even funny. But yeah, this is one of the coolest guns. The firing pin system—you um, give it a quarter turn, it pulls out the back. That transition to the P7M3 or the P7 series. Yep, I
3: recognized it when you, uh, when we took it apart there. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Uh, I'll bring that one next time. <laughs>
3: yeah, I've got a, I've got a PSP.
2: Okay. Yeah. Then that, so that became right. the P7, mm-hmm. um, which kept the European heel release and not the US right, right. Um, uh, yeah. Rear of the trigger guard release. Mm-hmm. That's um, neat
0: to find firearms like this, and uh, kind of fun to bring them out. Uh, just how hard would they? I mean, did they make a lot of these? Just a few of these?
2: Um, they made them for a number. They made them up all the way into the uh, mid '80s. Um so there's twenty, thirty thousand 30,000 of them out there. Mm-hmm. And then I was just reading online that uh they actually made 400 of these in 9 by 21. So now I got to go find one the of those.
3: The hunt begins for that one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Is what not as prolific as, as uh some of the other models because it was it, it was never adopted by the the West German police, right?
2: Yeah, no police department ever picked it up. Right. Um I want to say Malaysia, military. Uh-huh. Picked it up
3: because it looks like a ray gun.
2: Yeah, it does. It does look like it belongs in a Buck Rogers movie.
3: <laughs> yeah, an old school fifties, sixties ray gun.
2: But yeah, this thing was designed to last. Uh, it's got a fixed barrel, and the rifling is probably like ten times thicker than oh the yeah. pistol rifling. Yeah. I mean, it's it's it. I.
3: It reminds me much more of a submachine gun rifle yeah, rifling than it's it does a
0: pistol rifling.
2: Yeah.
0: All right, there you go. Uh, a little gun history. Uh, brought in by Garson uh, from uh, Graffs in Mexico, Missouri. Uh, and and just put the damn thing back together again and, and <laughs> hand it back to him, will you please? No, the uh, BP-70. Scott? BP-70 is staying right next to me until the show is over. He's going to babysit. Garson, watch him carefully. Don't let him distract you. <laughs> we, need a, uh, we need
3: some kind of old-school 1970s brown leather um uh, shoulder rig for this. That's all I can say, it has to be something that I can wear underneath my
0: tuxedo. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys ever try those uh, shoulder holsters? Did anybody here ever try those shoulder holsters? That, uh... I have
2: a cheap nylon one mm-hmm. that um, I use, but um, I've I've been looking for a Miami Classic. But since I'm left-handed, hmm. um, oh, there you go. It's it's not something I can just go and buy somewhere. I'm gonna have to just contact um galco directly and probably order it um but yeah um especially now that i'm a two-wheel um transportation person Mm -hmm. um i definitely want to get um a shoulder rig for that
3: i have a original and i say original i say that because i original
2: jackass leather company i do yeah
3: yeah guess who who i got it from uh give you one answer tim oliver (laughs) tim oliver yes i did (laughs) This is a circa
2: 1980s Miami Vice. So that puts the gun, like, right up under your armpits. <laughs> yep. Because, I mean, I, that can't be tall enough for you. <laughs> Actually, right? it's adjustable. It's oh, adjustable.
3: Th- that adjustable? It's fully adjustable. Wow. It's weird because you got to unscrew things and adjust it and everything else like that. I have that for a Commander size. That 19- is what?
2: they wore in miami vice
3: yes that's where I he had it and that's where i got it and i haven't played with it nearly as much as i do it is an alternative carry method much like ankle rigs so did tim have a pastel suit to go with this if he did (laughs) he didn't pass it on to me because i know that would not fit
0: i remember (laughs) tim telling me that he was not he was not happy with this it didn't it didn't work well for him
3: um and the one of the reasons that One of the downsides to shoulder rigs is even with belt tie-downs, they have a little more float to them than a conventional holster. Um, But, and again, like I'll say, things like ankle rigs, pocket holsters, um, some other alternative carry method, it has its place. Now, that place is probably a little narrower, in fact, a lot narrower than common um, inside or outside the belt carry, but it has its place. And I I I can see where... Um, a quality leather, and I would say Miami Classic if you want something new and going, um, would be a two-wheel rig, big-time two-wheel rig.
0: Can you wear a suit jacket uh, and carry a 1911 with that and not have... Well, I guess I'll have to try now. An imprint? Well, I'll
3: have, yeah. to, I'll have to go home and try now. I All mean, right, actually, no. I've been just wearing pastel blazers with it and tank tops.
1: <laughs> uh, now so now, I'm, now I've
0: made a mistake. I have to invite him back because i got to find the answer to that question. <laughs> All right, I'm up against the clock here. I am. I promise you I'm going to get to your phone calls and Joe Biden's plan to end gun violence. Before I run out of hour, I'm going to do that on Gary on Guns. Hot Talk 9398. 90. Hey, welcome. It is 55.050 50, 50 minutes after the hour. As promised, let me go through this list of ignorance. Uh, this is Joe Biden's plans uh, for ending gun violence. He wants to uh, first ban the sale of guns and ammunition online, including kits and even gun parts. Garson, uh, that could be a deleterious effect on your business, couldn't it?
2: Oh, yeah. That would chop off 98, 99% of our sales.
0: Yeah, well, we'll see if we can get you a job sweeping floors here at Zimmer. Because um, <laughs> this would destroy that industry.
2: Oh, I got, I got other plans. You got other <laughs>
0: plans. Uh, mandating that only 100% smart guns be sold. Hey, have you guys ever seen one of those? Oh, my guns are dumb. i seen a smart <laughs> car. Yeah.
3: Look yeah, weird. Really I tiny. don't like them. It's either. really tiny. It looks weird, yeah. Yeah, I don't like them either. Well, they have
2: the other smart cars that like to run into other cars on their own when they're self-driving. That's right. Well, that's that's really yeah.
0: nice. that's, that's 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 part of the uh, yeah. The, the the true smart gun has never been invented yet, so you know, if that, I, that And pixie dust. I have enough about. trouble finding
1: smart
2: people. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the problem. It's not smart guns we need, it's smart people. And
0: then
4: you have a politician pushing a smart concept. Mm. Mm. Oh, That's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. From the that
2: politician up. himself. Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, limiting a, purchase, uh, t- a purchaser to no more than one gun per month to stop stockpiling. Yeah, that'll work. Sure. Uh, banning assault weapons and standard capacity magazines. Banning so-called ghost guns and home builds. How are you going to ban... If, if I have the wherewithal... Uh, and the tools, how are you gonna stop me how you gonna how are you gonna ban me from doing that I, it's so stupid. another thing
2: that is currently one hundred percent legal
0: sure um, yes.
3: can I get a smart ghost gun or a ghost smart gun
2: well the whole ghost gun thing <laughs> that that new terminology um makes it scarier to people i guess because
0: ghosts are scary
2: uh yeah, because ghosts are scary yeah, just a uh, Casper, but,
0: and that'll put your mind at ease you know, but go ahead if, if you ever
2: read the old shotgun news, you know they had tutorial articles on uh, taking a Sten parts kit and making it into a legal semi-auto gun in your own home. Plumber's nightmare.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh mandatory government buyback or registration of some, and this is in quotes, scary rifles and magazines. Universal background checks on all gun sales except very close family members. Uh, make anybody convicted of a misdemeanor hate crime ineligible to own guns Permanently, well, there, oh th- there you go. There, where there's where you sort of hit on that
3: Orwellian, um, you know, uh, yeah. all animals are equal, but some animals are more equal. Well,
2: <laughs> it, it, at least he's not wrong. This will end gun uh, violence because it's going to erupt into civil war, and then when we win, there won't be any more push to ban guns, and gun crime will not exist anymore.
0: Oh, well, it'll exist, but.
2: Well, I mean, you know, for honest citizens that are actually law abiding, crime will will still exist, but gun crime will be non existent.
0: Wants to create a program where anybody who is no longer allowed to own guns, for whatever myriad of reasons, be forced to turn them into the government. Don't sell them, don't give them away, give them to the government. And finally, allocate government funding to incentivize states to pass red flag laws. That is why you really want Second Amendment supporters in office. Guys like, well, like Chuck Basie, who's trying to raise funds right now to run for re-election. And, you know, really ought to just do a fundraiser.
3: If only he would do a fundraiser. You know, yeah. I, I hear that the Lions Club up in Harrisburg is available on August, is it August 29th August. or 28th? August oh, 29th. Yeah. 29th, they're available up there that he could set something up, say, from like
0: 530 to 8. Oh, wait, you know, you know what? I think that is taken. I, th- think, I, th- uh, I think he's actually doing this. Oh,
3: okay. Oh, Something called Celebrate the Second Amendment, maybe?
0: Uh, something like, like that. that. Gun auction fundraiser? Yeah. Oh, so you uh, heard something
3: away- about that, too?
0: I did, giving away some AR-15s and... Uh, Auctions uh, with firearms and uh, a handmade knife, and then you can eat dinner.
3: Uh, say there's going to be some good chow up there, too. Yeah. That's
0: what I'm told. Yeah. Man, if he could just get the word out on something like (laughs) that. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be good. He'd just buy an ad or two. Hey, listen, let's grab some quick phone calls here. Gary, welcome. Glad to have you on Gary on Guns. How are you?
2: I'm fine, sir. I have a question. The other day I uh, ran into a guy that actually had a Luger uh, pistol and. I was just wondering how I didn't get, I get the, I held it, but I didn't get a chance to shoot it from a strictly functional standpoint. How, how good of pistols were they? I mean,
4: you know, compared to modern day automatic say uh, so was the recoil, good, bad, and different. Uh, I mean, just, you know, along that line, I'm just curious. Well,
3: I, I mean, I have an opinion. I know Garson's got an opinion. Um, on, on the P.O. Eight Luger, it's a it's a piece of history. It's very similar to other firearms built in that era, i.e., the 1911, and that it has about a million parts to it. It uh,
2: is a marvel of engineering. It's though. a marvel.
3: It is a true marvel of engineering. Um, you're talking about a World War One or prior, actually prior uh, era firearm, but it's German. Um, it, they're really pretty super cool, and they can be worth a decent amount of money if, in fact. All of the serial numbers still match because on the PO8 they put a serial number nearly on everything. You'll find screws on that gun that have a matching serial number. I think they're pretty cool from a collector standpoint. They're fun shooters and everything else like that. I think it's time as a as a true self defense firearm has has
0: sunsetted, but has come and gone. Yeah. All right, let me get one more phone call in here. We got to go fast. Les, got to go quickly. Uh, it's great that Kevin Jackson, uh, who's on Thursday morning on ninety-three nine, has allowed you, uh, Gary, to be on the Chuck Bassie and Garson show. You got this few seconds to talk, and that's what you had to say. Wow! <laughs> next year, uh,
2: next week, uh, allow uh, talking about the students coming back to MU and their gun rights.
0: All right, we'll see. If we can get to that. Les, thank you. Glad to have you on Gary on Guns. Uh, look, it, it's. Uh, With the demand for firearms and ammunition through the roof, it's difficult to find uh, exactly what you want. Uh, But you got a real good shot getting it at grafts. They're in Mexico, Missouri, and uh, they've got a little bit of everything. Um, And if you're into reloading, that's the place to go. I would suggest you make a phone call um, because the supplies nationwide are just so limited. Um, I want to take a moment here to thank Garson for coming in. Thank you, Garson. Glad to have you on the program.
2: Thank you. Always great uh, in here.
0: Chuck Basie, we teased you all morning about your fundraiser, but I wish you the best of luck. It is August 29th, 530 to 8, Harrisburg Lions Club. Uh, gourmet dinner uh, with uh, Chef Jeff. Uh, you're uh, auctioning off a couple of uh, terrific firearms and door prizes are great. Thank and, you, and Gary. Appreciate it. The importance of having a guy like you in the legislature, as you know, so easily highlighted. Just look at what's going on in Virginia uh, in the last year since the Democrats took over. Not good. Dale Roberts, uh, who I've elevated and then uh, reduced back to Executive Director of the CPOA. Thank you, sir, for being on board.
1: Always happy to be on the Chuck Basie Show.
0: Yeah, there you go, smartass. You'll never be on again. I just want you to know that. And Scott Van Kirk, buddy, thank you. Firearms trainer, former law enforcement. Glad to have you on board. Thanks, buddy. All right, whatever it is in life that you want, go out and get it. Don't wait for the government to drop it in your lap. You make it happen. You seize the day. Carpe diem. Gwen, baby. Honey, I'm coming home.